Stepping into the world of real estate can be very daunting. So if you are a newer real estate agent or you have not quite figured out the real estate sales side, then this podcast is for you. I'm going to be taking 15 different tips that I've got for new real estate agents and giving them directly to you so that you can put them in an actionable plan. Let's get into it. So let's go ahead and begin with the first of the 15 tips that I suggest a new real estate agent start doing. I will have one linked down below if you guys would like it. It's very simple. It's nothing too cosmic. If you don't like it, go ahead and Google real estate business plan. There are a ton of them out there. Some of the major coaches have uh, some of theirs out there and it could range anywhere from a one page business plan all the way to like a 120 page business plan if you're looking at something like the millionaire real estate agent model, but I would not start with that because you're not gonna have enough data to pull all of that off. And of course, if you use ours, it's pretty easy to be able to walk through and it's just going to give you a little bit of a guide to kind of give you something to shoot at right when you start. Most likely, as soon as you start in real estate, some of that stuff is going to change. And then from there, use that data to come up with some realistic goals. You know, what does your first year look like? If you put that you're gonna sell 150 homes, it's going to be very unlikely that you're going to pull that off. So try to be a little bit realistic. Please keep in mind that the average real estate agent only actually sells about eight or nine homes per year, depending on which data you're looking at. But that doesn't have to be you. If you're the kind of person that are that is out here searching and looking for new ways to do things and studying the real estate business before you even get into it, then most likely you're going to be above the par as long as your work ethic is on point, which we'll talk about here in a second. And the next thing I would suggest you do is find three different pillars of ways that you might be able to create business here in real estate. Now, you may not know what these are yet, so you are probably going to have to experiment a little bit or maybe talk to your broker or your team leader, depending on what you do there but this will give you a pretty good idea of different ways you can create business. And I will have a link down below too of a bunch of different ideas and I'm gonna segment them by what I think is best by personality type. So what I would suggest you do is go out and do a DISC assessment, D-I-S-C. This is a personality assessment, it's very basic, takes about 15 to 20 minutes, but it'll help point you in the right direction of which prospecting style is best for you because certain ones are going to be better at it or have more longevity in doing it every single day without getting tired than other personality types will. Number two is very, very important to your career. I would make sure that you spend a little bit of time on this and that is finding the right brokerage or team to follow. So if you are brand, brand new and you don't know the difference, there are real estate teams within brokerages. They offer a little bit more detailed service and a little bit more one-on-one -on -one attention, but it generally comes at a higher cost as in the split that you are going to get. Now, don't base your entire decision off the split because what you need to base the entire decision off of is first your gut, make sure that you're in the right fit, make sure the culture is a good fit, but also what the ultimate goal that you have will be. If you don't want to spend your first year struggling and trying to find business and figuring this out and messing it up, then a team might be a good option for you to go. And on the, on the other note of that, if you are a go-getter and you think that you're going to be able to do this without any help, then most of the time a brokerage will be helpful. Now, I'm not saying that a brokerage won't help you in that aspect. Most of them will. But you're not generally going to get the individualized one-on-one -on -one attention that might be helpful for you on a brokerage versus a team. There's a whole bunch of pros and cons to that. I will be doing a video on that whenever I have that up. It'll be in the annotations, a little gray bar that comes up top on YouTube. Or of course, it'll be right at the end of this video. We'll link that, the pros and cons of joining a real estate team versus a brokerage. 
Number three on my list is to build a professional network. I actually suggest that you do this beforehand if you can. Start reaching out to your real estate agent, to any brokers that you know, to any lenders that you know, ask who their favorite agents are, to anybody in the real estate space, start asking them who they know in real estate and start befriending them and trying to make those connections. And if you can, get in front of them. What I did when I first started was I interviewed three different brokers. Uh, one of them was somebody I was working for all summer. I purposely picked her out. It was a friend's agent and she was a rock star. And I was like, hey, I'm going to go follow this lady. And I did. And she was a, an amazing mentor of mine. I'll give you some of the tips and tricks she gave me later. Um, but that is so vital. Which slides us right into number four is find an experienced agent, preferably broker if you can't find an agent that you really connect with. But for the most part, you really want to find an experienced agent that knows what they're doing, that can kind of help guide you along and give you some of their entry level tips and tricks. And of course, if you don't have any of those or you're not going out to find any of those, you can use what I call YouTube University. I can't stress enough how important a mentor is in real estate. This is not like a normal job. You're not going to step in and know what you're supposed to be doing. You were stepping into an entrepreneurial adventure. Hopefully I said that right, but you're stepping into something that is brand new. You're going to have to build everything from scratch for the most part. Your brokerage or your team may have some tools help you get started, especially if it's a team that really has their stuff together, a brokerage that really has their stuff together and is very agent-centric. I can't emphasize that enough. But a mentor, especially one one-on-one, -on -one, especially one that you can coach and or that can coach you and you can shadow daily, um, if not at least one day a week or something like that, is going to make or break your career in most cases. That's how important a mentor is. My first mentor is an amazing woman. I ended up uh, partnering with her down the road, and then we just split ways not too long ago, uh, about three years or so ago. But she was so amazing. She let me jump in her car. I used to call it the black hole. I'd grab a backpack, shove some snacks and some food and my gym equipment or gym uh, clothes and stuff in there. And we would just go riding around. And sometimes I would be back at the office by 3 p.m. And sometimes it was 9 p.m. But there was so much learning that happened in that short amount of time that I cannot I cannot emphasize this enough on how important that is. And not just an individual mentor, relationships in general can make or break your career, I promise you. And just as easy as it can make it, I promise you can also break it. So please keep that in mind. You don't want to make enemies, especially if you're brand new. Number five, this is one that is so overlooked by new agents and it drives me bananas. Know your market, study your market. You should have real estate tours or realtor tours or broker tours in your area. If you don't have any that are official, then try to befriend a bunch of other agents, maybe on Facebook or Instagram, and find what open houses they're doing or broker opens they are holding and try to go as, to as many as possible. And if you don't have those options or that is not something you would like to do, then schedule out some homes to go look at every single week. It is a requirement here on our team that when a new full-time agent steps in, to our team that they have to visit at least five homes per week and let us know which ones and what they thought about them. What this is going to do is help you understand the market, not just in the market trends on where the market is going, because you can hear that everywhere, but actually seeing it every single day is so vital because different neighborhoods are going to move differently. Different cities are going to move differently, both in price and how quickly the, the homes stay on the market and things like that. Prime example, we have a city here where the days on market, even though we're kind of going into a little bit more of a steady market or an even keel market from the heavy sellers market we've been in the last three years, one of our cities still has an average days of on market of 19 days because the inventory is still so low. 
while most of the market is sitting at around 57 days. This is very important for you to know because if you have somebody looking into that town, you need to sound like the expert and know your market because that's what your clients are paying you for. You might get away with zero market knowledge when you're working with buyers because buyers want to go home shopping with a friend, but sellers do not. Sellers want a professional. Number six, and the one that every agent focuses on way too much and probably puts too much effort into, or I shouldn't say too much effort, too much effort into the stuff that don't matter as much, and that is marketing yourself. As a new agent, it is very important to establish your brand and who you are and how you are going to work with your clients. This is how they're going to know to choose you over the other six agents that they know. And yes, that's a real stat. The average human being knows seven real estate agents. And in most cases, they know two or three of them fairly well. So you wanna make sure that you're standing out in front of them and becoming the best choice for them. And remember, secret agents, although that sounds like a really cool title, does not mean the same in the real estate industry as it does in the espionage industry. You do not wanna be a secret agent if you wanna be successful in real estate. Number seven is another one that gets overlooked by a lot of agents because they say things like, well, I didn't grow up with this stuff. And that is starting an online presence, both socially and from a website platform. So social platform and websites as well. A lot of people will say, well, I didn't grow up with websites. I didn't grow up with this social media stuff. Well, neither did I, okay? I am a millennial, so I did grow up with a little bit of the social stuff, but I didn't grow up with a website either. But all of this stuff has a heavy emphasis on whether or not somebody is going to choose you because most people, especially right now as the millennials are flooding into the market in droves, they are researching their agent before they ever even use them or talk to them. So in addition to having a professional website, which most teams or brokers should be providing for you, you should also put a heavy emphasis on your social media. This does not mean it needs to be one of your main pillars. In fact, social media and websites right now at this, at this day and age is not a prospecting strategy anymore. It is a barrier to entry, meaning you have to be doing it in order to be successful in most cases. There will always be anomalies with any of this stuff, but of course, most of the time you're gonna need to be doing something. Even if it's posting one time per day on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, things like that, you need to be doing something and you need to have a way for these people to find you. Again, I can't emphasize enough that millennials are looking at this stuff and the stats out there are staggering on what they find important. Any social presence is very important because if they can't figure out if you're the right one for them based on what they can find online, they're not calling you. Number eight is keeping up with industry changes. You do not wanna be the real estate agent that is left in the dust when the industry starts changing or when there is a shift in how things are being done. Most of the time your team leader or broker will be doing this, helping you with laws and regulations and any new technology that is coming out. Although please keep in mind, not everybody is staying on top of these trends. So it wouldn't be a bad idea for you to make sure you are on the forefront of it, especially on the technology front, because right now it's changing at a very fast pace with AI stepping into the game. A lot of people aren't even talking about it and how to use it in your business. And the ones that are talking about it are talking about it on a first grade level when there is so much more going on. I'm not saying you need to go dive headfirst into AI, especially as a new agent, but artificial intelligence will be one of the technologies that I believe will be a very big thing in real estate and we will be seeing down the road so keep an eye on it right now you really need to be focusing on the basics but it is important just to kind of watch out for this stuff 
Number nine is establishing a niche. It's a popular keyword here in real estate. Riches are in the niches. The one thing that I hear most new real estate agents say when it comes to niching down is that they don't want to do it because they don't want to limit themselves. Well, I don't want to be just a luxury agent. I want to be able to sell everything. Or I don't want to be just a pool home agent. I want to be able to sell everything. Listen, you're going to be able to sell everything. You are not going to be limiting yourself, but you are going to be enhancing the chance you're going to get your niche when that is everything that your social is pointed at and everything that you were saying is pointed in that direction. Everything else will just be overflow and there's nothing wrong with that. Number 10 is develop strong communication skills. Oh, this is one that drives me crazy. I hear agents all the time. In fact, I just had a situation where I passed a referral to somebody uh, out of state and they told my client, listen, I'm not very good at talking on the phone. I'm better in person. And my client called me and was like, hey, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about on the phone. But when we got in person with him, he was fine. But really, when he's on the phone, listen, guys, you're going to have to learn how to talk on the phone and in person and on social media and on WhatsApp and on Facebook and on Instagram. And on I know those are social media, but you get my point. You're going to need to know how to talk through all of this. I've done entirely entire deals through Snapchat alone. I'm not kidding. I've done two of them where we never went outside of the Snapchat at app. The first time was just for fun. The second time was because I was like, well, that's how they want to communicate. So let's do it. You need to be adjusting your communication style to your clients, especially in the beginning. When you're, you know, a, a big time agent and you're selling 100 homes a year, you can then dictate what you want then. But here in the beginning, you're going to need to learn a little bit of everything and it will help you in your career in perpetuity. Number 11, probably my biggest pet peeve out of all of them is your work ethic. You're going to need a decent work ethic based on your goals. If you just want to sell a couple of homes a year to pay for a cruise, you know, kind of do it on the side or pay for a vacation or just have a little extra spending money, okay, the work ethic isn't going to be that important. You do a little bit of work, you'll stumble across a couple of deals. But if you want to be a rock star agent or you want to build a team or you want, you've got big ambitions, you want to, you know, have that million dollar home out in that beautiful suburb that you've been eyeballing forever, you're going to need to have some strong work ethic. This doesn't mean you need to kill yourself. This doesn't mean you need to just work yourself down to the bone, but you need to be dedicated when you're working and you need to be not doing as much of the water cooler chat that happens at a lot of brokerages. Get in there, get your work done, make sure that it's structured in some sort of version of structured for what works for you. I know a lot of personality types here in real estate don't like that structure and that's why we got into it. I get it, but you need to put a little bit in place to make sure that you've got a steady pipeline of deals going for your entire career. Number 12, be responsive and preferably quickly. There's a saying here in real estate called speed to lead. It is extremely important that you are quick on the ball, your phone's ready to go, you're picking up and answering, and you're ready to uh, respond to clients whenever they reach out to you because you don't know when it's going to happen. That person that told you they were six months out because they were just waiting for some bonus for their job before they moved to your area might have just gotten fired. Maybe they called you. You wait too long, they need to go, they need to find a house, they're going to call the other realtor that they know. Please keep in mind that the average client is searching with seven different real estate agents. That's very important to know. You need to beat out six other agents on average. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. And this goes hand in hand with something my very first mentor taught me, love her to death. She said, early in my career, work when nobody is working. Okay, and that worked wonders for me. I used to have some of the best Januaries in my entire career. In fact, I've had two record-breaking Januaries that I can think of where I literally just saw the amount of money that I made from all the work I did in December and it just rocked me to my core and all because of that one piece of advice. 
early on in your career, you know, that work ethic thing we were just talking about, early in your career, you're going to have to be doing some of this stuff if you want to succeed at a really high level. That means working on Super Bowl. I did, I did open houses on Super Bowl Sunday for like three years in a row. I don't suggest it, by the way. Turnout wasn't super great except for one of the years. But I also, I've shown property on Christmas Eve. Those people are very serious if they're looking for houses on Christmas Eve. I've shown property on New Year's Day. I've shown property New Year's Eve. I think you kind of get the point there. Just be available to work when nobody else wants to. And that's going to help bring in a couple of extra deals. And that can make or break whether or not you're going to have longevity in this career or not. Number 13 and one that is often overlooked with certain personalities and people and that is have excellent customer service. When I first started, people used to say all the time, I'm not a salesperson, I'm a customer service person or customer service representative that happens to sell real estate. Listen, we're salespeople, I kind of got away from that whole thought process, but at the end of the day, customer service is how you're going to build a pipeline for life. Pipeline meaning people wanting to use you all the time. And the better your customer service is, the more word of mouth you're going to get between them and their friends. It is not uncommon for me because of the because of the things we have in place, it is not uncommon for me or one of my team members to spread through an entire group of friends because one person had a really good experience and told the world about it. That's what you should be striving for. In fact, that's generally what I'm always striving for. It's even on some of our literature up here in the office. It says treat every client like they're your best and only client. This way they get the most personalized experience and they feel like they're being really taken care of. And in turn, they're gonna have a little bit of word of mouth in most cases. Not everybody's gonna you know, spread your name like wildfire, but a lot will. And you don't know which one is which. So you might as well treat everybody amazing, even the ones that are a little stressed out and driving you a little bit nuts. Number 14 is one that I have struggled with my entire career, and that is being organized. You need to be organized here in real estate in order to um, in order to make sure you're not dropping the ball or have what we call bleed lead, or sorry, lead bleed, meaning leads are sip, slipping through the cracks because you're not organized. So I would suggest things like tasks lists. <clears throat> so I would suggest things like using your calendar effectively, making sure that every appointment is in there and that you're blocking out time to do your prospecting. You can also do task lists. This is something that I do. I prioritize all of my tasks in A, B, and C. I use a tool called Asana to do it. I used to use a tool called Evernote, and I would just put in anything that I needed, A, B, and C. A priorities were things I had to do before I went home for the office. These are money-making activities or money-generating activities. This is prospecting, finding new business. This is taking care of that inspection report. This is taking care of da-da-da-da-da-da-da, all the important things. Then you've got Bs, these are your less important items. And then your Cs are kind of your backend stuff that you're gonna take care of if all of your As and Bs are done. And you're gonna maneuver some of these up and down. That's at least what I do with mine. A C might become a B and a B might become an A. Also make sure that some of your marketing is automated, whether you are using check equity or sweat equity. So you're either working hard to find the business or spending money to find the business. Whatever it is, try to make it as automated as possible. That is going to help tremendously so that you could focus on other things. And this goes hand in hand with your CRM system. Every single brokerage and team lead should give you one of these. It is a customer relationship management database. I'm gonna have an entire video on this. This is one of my specialties. And so is sphere of influence. Those are the people that you already know um, and know, like, and trust you as well. And putting them all into this CRM system, this database where it's got notes on every single person that you know, and it's got timelines of like, hey, they own this house and maybe they're, going, they're, they're talking about purchasing here 
here in six months. And it's just going to give you reminders to follow up with those people because I promise you, as soon as you start getting busy, this stuff is going to fall through the cracks very, very quickly. And pretty soon your clients are running you and telling you, hey, what about this? We talked about you calling me yesterday and you didn't. Things like that we don't want to miss. And lastly, a transaction management system. Personally, I believe everybody should be using a transaction coordinator. Maybe do your first two or three by yourself. And outside of that, if you can hire a transaction coordinator, that is generally best, especially if you've got a trajectory of selling maybe 10 or more homes, you might as well. You can pay them per transaction only so it doesn't come out of pocket. And if the deal falls through, you're not paying an hourly wage for somebody that you're not getting anything out of because the deals are falling through. But if you're not going to use one of those and you're going to do it all yourself, there are transaction management softwares out there. Your brokerage or your team should have one. So just use the one that they're using and it should help make this process just a little bit smoother. Bottom line here is just use technology to your advantage. There are a ton of tools out there. So many that I can't even list here, but I will do videos on those later. And number 15 is a very hard one to pull off. And there are some times where you just can't make this happen, but that is trying to stay positive. Keep in mind, you are joining an industry with an 87% failure rate here in real estate. That's 87% of people do not renew their license after the second year, okay? Maybe they quit in the first year, maybe they waited two years, it doesn't matter. Point is, there's a high washout rate. From that small 13% of people that still exist, only about half of them are gonna make a decent income enough to keep a family alive. Only about 20% of them are going to do what we consider succeeding. Those people that you see that you're like, wow, real estate agents make all this money. That's why I got into it. That's only a small chunk of the population. And then from there, it keeps dwindling down and down to where the rock stars are only about one to 3% of the industry. That's okay, that's not a problem. If you're watching a video like this, you are probably headed in that direction. So don't worry too much. Just don't give up before, you know, before you're successful. One of the things that I think is very important for a real estate agent is a solid morning routine. A morning routine in which you spend a few minutes of time alone. I know this is really hard for those of you guys with kids. I get kicked back with this all the time. Well, my kids are up at seven in the morning and then I wake up at 6.55. Stop using this excuse that you can only wake up when your kids wake up. I hear it all the time. Guys, spend a few minutes of time alone. You will thank yourself for it. Even if it's five minutes outside on the back patio, overlooking your yard, sipping a, you know, a coffee or a tea, I promise you, your day will, your entire day will thank you for it. You can kind of reflect on what you need to do and then get a head start on all of this. There's other things you can add in. I like to read something, listen to something motivational. I like personally to do a little bit of meditation. Some people do affirmations. I know it's corny, but it works for some people. Play around with some of this different stuff and figure out what works best for you. Make sure that in step one, when we're talking about the business plan, that you're having realistic goals. That's going to help keep your motivation up and keep your positivity up as well. And when you get an opportunity, try to practice gratitude. It's really easy to get very stressed out in this industry and kind of overlook the amazing things that are happening. We get paid in this industry so well because we're solving really big problems and really big problems come up with a really big purchase like this. That is why we get paid so well. So when a problem happens, stop take a breather, and remember, this is why I get paid so much to do what we do. Or, you know, maybe it's not so much in, you know, certain people's opinions, but I honestly think it is. And I think that's because we're solving these big problems and dealing with a ton of extra stress. 
If you don't have a support system, find one. It could be your husband, your wife, your kids, your dog, your cat, your gerbil. It could be a friend, family member. It doesn't matter. Find a support system. You're probably going to need it on some level, even if it's just to go out on the weekends and blow off some steam or go for a midweek lunch or something just to kind of get your mind off the craziness that's happening on one of your deals. Take regular breaks. This is something I struggle with a lot when it comes to, you know, keeping my positivity up. I tend to just work and work. Prime example, right now it's a Sunday. I'm shooting these videos for you guys. When most people are off or out showing property or doing the basics or the money-making activities for their business. So try to remember, take this time off, take good breaks. What I like to do is I just take several vacations per year and I completely disengage when it happens. So this way, when I come back in and I'm working through the entire weekend, which is pretty normal, that I have something to look forward to and it helps me recharge so much. And the last tip I have for you when trying to stay positive is seek help when you need it. It's so many of us don't want to do this step. We just grind and we hustle and we keep going, we keep pushing, we keep doing, especially when we're gaining that momentum and we don't seek help when we absolutely need it. I really suggest that you have that support system there that you can seek help when you need to and utilize it, okay? Don't be afraid to raise your hand and go, I am stressed out, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hitting a wall here. All that is is life telling you that you need to change something. Maybe you need to add some systems to your business. Maybe you need to add leverage, a virtual assistant, an in-house assistant, another agent to help take off some of the load. Maybe you need to join a team that already has this stuff done. Maybe you need to join a different brokerage that has some of this stuff that's gonna take some of this off of you. There are so many options, but you're not going to necessarily see them while you're stressed out and in that cloudy fog, but having that support system or having that person you can reach out to when things are getting a little bit rough can help clear that up a little bit and steer you in the right direction. And I hope some of those tips are helpful to you guys. Remember, we do have that free checklist for you. So if you'd like to get a copy of that, just go down into the description on wherever you're listening to this podcast at, and you can get that free download. And don't worry, we won't be spamming you with a bunch of emails. So go ahead and get your checklist. And I guess I'll see you guys in the next one.